0: Hello, welcome to the Be Still My Soul podcast. This is Pastor Ray Brandon bringing daily encouragement to the church. We're working our way through the gospel project and we are on unit 21, session 3, daily study number 5, reading from John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. And I'm going to let you get into the, the scripture... For yourself today, um, we do that from time to time. Where you know, as a pastor, I've got something on my heart that is outside of your daily study, just to share with you. And that's the the purpose of this podcast: is to follow along with our church. Uh, through the Gospel Project. And, and some days I've got a little something for you from the particular text. And other times there there are some different things that I want to draw your attention to in your walk with Christ, in, in the life of the church, and in your spiritual development. And this has to do with the Dig and Discover principles. Um, we uh, have just come through a Two-day training with Word Partners. Word Partners are a mission organization that is a partner of Northbridge Church, and so we um, support them in a number of, of different ways. Our elders are involved in training in Latin America with uh, with Word Partners and uh, myself and another elder. Two years ago, spent some time with Patricio, who's uh, the Latin American director training in Costa Rica, and we are planning to send uh, another group of leaders um, on a, a trip to um, down to to Latin America to the same group that we've been with uh, for a while now, who are graduating from this uh, training program. And what is the program? The program is teaching pastors how to, in an expositional manner, study. God's Word based on these ten biblical principles of Bible study, and actually in the show notes, the at um, least on our website at www.northbridge.cc. Uh, if you go to the blog, you'll can find um, this post. If you're listening on Spotify or Google or iTunes, uh, you can go to the website and you can. Actually download the Dig and Discover Principles. If you're part of small groups, you should be hearing about these from time to time. And it was um, actually um, reading through the book of Ruth with pastors in the area. So this is, this is a, um, a missions endeavor that we're doing overseas, but it's one that we're doing right here in southwest Michigan as well. So we had about 15 pastors, 12 to 15 pastors that joined us together to actually study through the book of Ruth And so we did that together, utilizing these principles. And it's amazing. We have some that um, uh, have an amazing testimony who actually... In ministry, realize they weren't teaching the Bible, um, and at a at great cost, have made adjustment in their in their ministry, in their life, um, in order to be in a place that they can teach the Bible. Sitting next to uh, PhD candidate students in seminary, and they're studying together, Bibles open, learning from the scriptures, learning from one another, and um, it's just a fantastic thing when the Bible's open and you have. The ability to study—you've been taught how to access Scripture on your own. It's an amazing thing. You really can learn from one another. We're seeing this happen in our small groups. I know the small group that we are part of. Over and over again, we we do certain principles, um, and uh, sometimes people are like, "Oh, why are we doing this again?" And um, but yet at the at the end, they say, "Oh, this is why we're doing this. It's because I I've, I've read this, but I didn't apply the Bible study principles to actually dig at the text." Either ask questions or look at how it fits together in the, the um, biblical theology, the arc that goes through um, the scripture, that that narrative arc that goes through the scripture that picks up on various themes of biblical theology. Um, and today I just want to to share something that I put together and... Um, with the help of uh, pastors and friends around the table, and it has to do with two principles and um, putting them together at, in, at uh, Fellowship of the Word, which is the, the, the group that we call here in Southwest Michigan um, as part of Word Partners, um, we talk about reading on the line of Scripture together. And so reading on the line simply means you're saying what the Bible says. That's so important. Um, our friends that discovered uh, that they were actually um, reading both above and beyond, b- below the line, not beyond the line, but below the line, uh, because they had been taught in, the, it was a Christian tradition, uh, church tradition, um, that uh, you use the text, but you didn't study the text, um, you just spoke from the text, and so um, they included things that were not in the text, and they overstated things that were in the text, so reading above the line means that you're adding to Scripture, you're, you're adding to things that, that are that are not there. And you're requiring maybe more of your listeners than than the Bible requires. Reading the below the line is you're taking away from Scripture. You're actually not saying the things that are clearly stated there, and by doing that, you are omitting um, what is in Scripture and what's necessary, not just for meeting meaning, but for obedience. And so the idea is we're reading on the line of Scripture, and Scripture has, it moves forward from Genesis to Revelation. It has a particular purpose, even as God is moving through history, and He has a particular purpose. But you combine that, the idea of, okay, I need to read on the line of Scripture. What does Scripture say? Am I, am I on that, that central meaning of the text? In, in order to do that, we ask Questions of the text. We ask questions, and so there, there are, um, there are good questions, and there are powerful questions. And the good questions are the who, what, where, when. Those questions. The powerful questions are the oftentimes are the how and the why. Um, How and why are these things happening? Um, And so we can ask all kinds of questions, and it's our curiosity about the text, because the Bible is surprising, and it is multi-layered. It's a book that's meant to be read, um, read over and over and over again, because there's things that you pick up and surprises that you read it once, but this now jumps out at you and surprises you, and you see this, and so you ask these kinds of questions, uh, wanting to get at what the author intended. And so you ask these questions, and so so let me go for, um, to the book of Ruth, for example. It's where we were with these pastors, and it is a, it's a story of um, Ruth and Naomi. Naomi's the main character in the book of Ruth, and it is Naomi and her husband that leave Bethlehem and go to Moab. And it is there in Moab that Naomi loses her husband. Her two sons die. Um, they, they are just there. She says, I left Bethlehem full and I am empty. She comes back to Bethlehem empty. And the question is, was Naomi, one of the questions is, that is was Naomi and her husband, were they disobedient, leaving uh, the land that God had given them? Did they go and was there an issue of disobedience? And certainly there's some Old Testament passages, the, the blessing of God, the blessing of the land, and um, working the land there that God had promised um, that we might be able to read into the text. But the text itself, the author spends no time on that issue. In fact, in just a few short verses, there covers a span of about 10 years, a great tragedy, but 10 years. And so even as we spent quite a bit of time um, with that question, is was the reason that all of these things happened to her, all these tragic things happened to Naomi, because she abandoned Bethlehem in the time of judges, the her her land, her family's land, and the, the inheritance that God had given her. Were they judged because of that? It's an interesting question. The reality is the text does not say. And so we can spend some time going off in these directions. Well, how do we know um, if a question, whether it's a good question or those more powerful questions that tend to drive that narrative in this case ahead, um, how do we know if those are, are um, good, better, and best kinds of questions? Well, how close to the line do they get? Do they actually, does the author answer the question? Is, does the author seem to answer that question in a way that moves, in this case, the genre is, an, is a historical narrative as well as a genealogy at the end. Does the, does the author answer that question in a way that moves that narrative ahead? And the answer, in this case, is no. Now, um, it, it is a really interesting thing because as we study the Bible, we want to answer the questions that the text actually answers because that's what's helpful in helping us understand the meaning of the text so that we can then apply the text to our lives. And so that's just an example of um, two particular principles, uh, reading on the line of Scripture, actually reading and saying what Scripture says, And we want to strive for that accuracy. Combining that with asking good questions. And all questions are good questions, but there are better questions. Those questions are ones that... Uh, the text actually answers, and that that help us understand that forward movement. Whether that is a psalm, um, whether that which is poetry, whether that is apocalyptic literature such as Revelation, or it is uh, it is a biological in nature, um, a so a gospel. Um, That is a particular form of literature or an epistle or a historical narrative. It's the questions that are on the line that are the important ones to answer. The other ones um, we can guess at, and they're just not, they're not that important. And so we can set those aside sometimes. Now, here's something that sometimes you ask a question and you don't think it's on the line. You don't think that it's important. And later in the text, the author actually answers that question and you go, aha, those are the wonderful things because the pieces begin to lock in place, and you begin to see what the author intends, and it makes the application clear. it It actually makes um, the um, the point, which is every book points towards Christ. It makes that clear as well. That redemptive piece of every single page of Scripture that we find Christ that begins to snap into place. And that's why we do these things at Northbridge. That's why we study in this way. And um, I hope that as you're a part of a small group and as you go through the Gospel Project, that you're daily applying these kinds of principles. Um, The purpose of the Be Still My Soul podcast is not really to take you into those, maybe to remind you of those, or to teach you some of those, to refer to those from time to time. We've done a couple of whole weeks in the past just going through each principle. And from time to time, we'll revisit that. Um, So I hope today challenges you as well as educates you so that you too will take the biblical principles that you will learn to read the Bible and study the Bible for yourself. It is what changes lives. It changes everything. It is the word of God. It is life to us. It is powerful. Um, It is our everything because it points to Christ, our Lord and our Savior. God bless those purest joys restore be still my soul and change and tears are past all safe and blessed we shall meet